Okay. Well, Grace Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's uh, a joy to be with you and uh, to talk with uh, some folks here this morning. Of course, Brent is here, and then we're joined by Caleb Fruget. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay. And uh, Morgan Hines, uh, our two refuge interns. And so, guys, we're grateful you're here. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm, we're just honored to be here. When we found and you contacted us, we were like, whoa, okay. Yeah, I, I never expected an invitation to this. I feel very honored. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, it's not an elite club. It is, uh, it is, uh, we're, we're just kind of take some opportunity to get to know some church members and people mm-hmm. that are plugged into the life of our church. And uh, you guys are certainly part of that. So it's a, it's a, an honor to have you guys here. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to take just a little bit of time to get to know your story and how you came to know Christ and that kind of thing. So, so Caleb, I'd like to, to start mm-hmm. with you. If you could just share a little bit about your story, how you came to know the Lord, and uh, maybe a little bit uh, how you ended up here at Grace Bible Church. Um. So, yeah, my story revolves a lot around um, different family issues, I guess you could say. Um, so that was a large part of it. But also, I'm from Nacogdoches. So grace has been a very large part of my testimony and how I came to know Christ, especially refuge. Um, so throughout my life, um, I grew up with my mom and my sister, um, and we didn't really grow up, to, grow up in church, didn't grow up learning, I guess, biblical truth or things like that. But I grew up with the label of Christian, like, oh, we believe in God, like that's who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was okay with that up until the point of, um, I guess you could say, middle school, um, around sixth or seventh grade, I was getting bullied a lot. Um, my mom, she was getting remarried. Um, I'd grew up, grown up with a bunch of different stepfathers, not to say that my mom was a bad mom, but she just, um, we just had a history of just having bad father figures and bad male role models in our mm-hmm. family. And, um, so that led me to being invited to Grace, um, Grace's, um, refuge, which is the mm-hmm. youth uh, ministry here. And, that was by a couple other guys that I'd gone to school with, um, Andrew Chapel, Judd's son, Judd Chapel's mm. son, mm. and a couple other of my friends. And Refuge really changed my life. The first few mm. months, didn't want anything to do with it. I was like, oh, this is cool, but I have homework. You know, I have to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing how uh, a middle school and high school student can all of a sudden become a, a massive scholar. When they don't want to go do something. Oh, I've got to yeah. <laughs> yeah, and realistically, I wasn't doing anything valuable at that time. But I just like either felt uncomfortable or felt like it wasn't a, like valuable time spent at church. But then the more I like was listening to actually um, what like um, at the time it was Danny Combs that was the um, the youth pastor. What he was saying and what um, he was saying about God and how God like had a relationship with the people. Mm-hmm. Something that I've never experienced before. Um it was like revolutionary to me. And as like my world was falling apart at home with just different family issues, I would like be at home at night, like crying on the floor. Like, what do I do? And like, the only thing that I had left was God. I would cry out to God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's what I need. Hmm. And then the more I realized that, the more I was like, I can't live without like coming to church and experiencing this truth. And like worship became like the highlight of my week coming to refuge mm-hmm. on Wednesdays was like the best part of my week. I was mm-hmm. so excited to get to sit with my small group and discuss God and the Bible Mm. And just from that point on, Refuge was like my church. I never really went on Sundays till I became an intern um, here at Grace. But um, yeah, that's basically how I came to know Christ. And from that point on, just kind of following from there. Kind so. of follow up on that. How has, uh, you said since you've, uh, you know, I know you came back, you, you, the Lord took you out of Nacogdoches for a little while. Yes. You've, you've come back here. 
And I know Bobby's so uh, proud of you and was excited. I remember when he was first talking about you before you came back. Mm-hmm. He was talking, hey, this guy's, you know, these students come back. He'd be an incredible intern. And uh, but, but tell us kind of how the larger picture of uh, since that experience where maybe you used to have, we'd say maybe a kind of a half view of the local church where you kind of viewed it, you know, refuge as your church. And we know that's not a ministry can't be your local church body. But how have you grown maybe a larger, healthier view of the local church since plugging into the life of the church rather than just a ministry of the church? I think definitely like the word service comes to mind because, you know, before that I was definitely getting poured into. And I think that was something that I needed, especially with what I was going through at the time. But then coming back and being an intern immediately and getting involved in the body of the church and being there on Sunday mornings and getting to pour into all these other college students and then pouring into me as well, even Mm -hmm. though... That wasn't necessarily that I, what I was um, doing. It was just great to get to serve those students that I'd been in their shoes like mm-hmm. four or five years ago. And getting to see um, what God's doing in them has been like huge. And mm-hmm. I think that's like one of the largest parts of being part of a church community is, you know, service first. And then others just continuously pour into you as a byproduct of that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just how the body of Christ works. You know, you don't work to fulfill your needs. You work to fulfill the needs of the others. And God will meet those needs as like, you know. He sees fit, and as you require them, like God's not going to leave you without sufficient things, you know. Hmm. So that's been one of the biggest things that I've seen so far. That's awesome. Well, Morgan, would you mind sharing a little bit about how you came to know Christ? Yes, I would love to. Um, just, Caleb, I just wanted, I don't think I ever told you this, but like your testimony of how refuge has, the Lord has changed your life through that, like stirs up my affections just even more, like, and like when things get hard and like just praying that like a student like you would like just cling to the truths that we're telling in refuge. So I'm just like, I just love your story and the way the Lord has used refuge. Um, but for me, like you, I did not grow up in the church. I mean, I would go to Christmas, Easter, um, but didn't grow up knowing biblical truths. Um, heard Jesus love me, but didn't understand that love. And I'm still learning every day what that means um, and how much he loves us. But for me, I grew up, sports was my idol. I was playing volleyball for like most of my life. Um, I actually came to SFA for volleyball my freshman year, um, played there. I was doing all the right things the world tells you that is good and right. Um, but was just left empty. And I remember calling my mom on a Friday night on like one of the first weeks of college. And I was like, mom, I just am sad. Like I reached this pinnacle that I thought I'd be so like joyful and happy. And I've reached and I'm just not happy. Um, and I think, um, what was cool is my dad, that Christmas gave me a Bible. Um, and when he gave me that, I started the next spring, like investing in like reading it, um, not really knowing what it's saying, but just trying to understand. Um, and earlier that fall, um, my best friend growing up went to this camp called Canacuck and they were on campus. And I was like, you know, what? I want to be a camp counselor. That's <laughs> not a good reason to go to camp, but, um, <laughs> I also feel like I was like, I want to quote unquote, like clean myself up. I, and also I think I, I wanted to learn. I was wanting to learn. just didn't know what that, what it looked like. And, um, somehow got the job by the grace of God, got to work at a camp where biblical truth, it's the camp is rooted on biblical truth. Um, and I drove up to Missouri. Um, yeah. And I drove up there. <laughs> 
and it was six hours away and we had staff training and basically just, they explain the gospel and they just share the love um, that God has loved us. And I remember the Holy Spirit just revealed to me truth and it, I was clung to it. And then I was in a little Christian bubble for six weeks and it was the best. It was like, <laughs> wow. And um, I came back and ever since the Lord just continue working on my heart and just showing me he is Lord and that he loves me and that he saved me from my sin and that I have new life. Um, and it's been sweet. And so, um, here I am, I'm now at Grace Bible and I love working with the refuge students. That's awesome. How did you end up here at Grace? How did you kind of hear about our church and get plugged in here? You know, it's so funny. Um, so my freshman year, I remember my volleyball coach, saying something about Grace Bible. And I think that was a seed that was just planted. Um, I think too, the Lord just placed certain people in my life um, that I knew went to Grace. And I'm like, wow, they're just always so kind and gracious. I'm like, I might just go try Grace Bible. Um, and then I remember the first sermon, I was like, wow, like these sermons are packed. Like these are dense. Like um, I'm also thankful for camp because they really instilled like finding a local body, like go to a local body, mm. get plugged in, um, have people around you speak into your life, um, have people teach you how to read scripture. Um, they, they did that too, but I think I'm really thankful for that experience. Um, cause here I am. I'm thankful. Awesome. Well, we're thankful as well. And yeah, you know, neither of you have any high school or middle school <laughs> students of your own, but in a way, you are kind of present day scholars on middle school and high school students. And so, uh, you know, we have uh, senior adults be listening to this. We have uh, uh, folks with uh, even students that are college students that'll be listening to this and all in between folks that don't have any uh, children of their own. Uh, and yet your experience on a day to day basis uh, serving with Bobby and Mary Austin and, and our middle school and high school students here uh, you kind of have a front row seat of what it's like to be a middle school and high school student. And so uh, would you all kind of give the rest of our church family, what are some things maybe that we, we wouldn't know from looking at the outside in that you can give us as an insight to middle school and high school students today um, when it comes to either believers, you know, those, those students that we have that are believers uh, and maybe students that, that don't, what are some ways that maybe you can equip our church body to, to better kind of reach out and connect to them and, uh, Caleb, you want to take a shot first? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've continued to notice working with, you know, ages like third to, I guess, high school students is just either their desire to learn about God or just their, you know, they're not as like dumb or unwilling to learn as you'd think they were, you know, like they're mm -hmm. not clueless or anything. Yeah. They definitely, you know, know what you're talking about and they're willing to understand um, through the right avenues. And I think whether you're dealing with like an antsy sixth grader that wants to like continuously play or run around or somebody that only wants to talk about video games, like there's a way to navigate those things. And so um, what I've experienced personally is like, you know, we'll be sitting in a group and like we'll ask a question, like a tough question, like, you know, um, how are you struggling to follow God? Like they'll all be telling you like, man, I struggle this way. Like they'll, they'll be able to point it out explicitly, but it's like, you know, how do they get, how do they get from point A to point B? Like, how can they, how can they better follow Christ? You know? And I think that's a lot of what they struggle with. And I think that's a lot of what, um, the older people at Grace can, you know, like give them wisdom and impart to them as students. And, um, they're open and honest to, um, 
give those answers is just building the relationship, you know, and I think that's the gift as refuge students is, you know, get to know them, you know, like mm-hmm. talk to them about the things they care about, you know, cause they have a lot of interest. They have a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. That's like huge to mm-hmm. them because they're, they're kids. Like they don't have a job. They don't have like bills to pay. They're just kind of living life right now, going to school. And so, you know, getting interested in their interests, you know, connecting with them in any way as like an avenue to reach those like deeper conversations. That's huge. Mm-hmm. So. And I know content wise, you all, uh, with all of our age students, we go through old Testament one year, middle, new Testament the next year with the goal of, Somebody comes through birth till graduation, they'll go through the scriptures, you know, nine different times. Uh, that, uh, that's exciting. That's a, that's a neat component. And, uh, you know, these students are learning algebra. I mean, geometry, calculus, mm-hmm. they can handle biblical theology and how to defend your faith and the storyline of scripture. You know, I know that even the coming up, the servant leadership uh, training that Roman's going to be leading next week I believe our student ministry is going to be involved mm-hmm. with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I'd love to hear, Morgan, why don't you give us some more insights into uh, what, how you can equip our body with understanding middle school and high school students and your experience? Yeah, um, kind of going off what Caleb said, but um, just listening to them, like looking at them, making sure they know that you're listening to them and that they're seen. Um, I love our girls. I'm thinking of something right now, but <laughs> I think something that... When I was uh, just a volunteer with Refuge, Bobby would always just say, let them talk. And I think that's a common theme of like in a Bible study, I think the leaders are like, let's just teach them all that we know and just stick it all in their minds. But really it's like, no, let them, let them question, like let them question, let them have, say their thoughts out loud. Let them know they have a space to safely walk through hard things. Um, but also keep them on track, you know, like lead them to scripture, lead them to truth, like after um, they've talked in. But yeah, that's something that Bobby really instills in his volunteers and just in his leaders is just um, very relational discipleship. And I know like just from being in refuge, it's like discipled me. How does it look like to to disciple other people? And I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. Well, we're thankful for both of you and that, if these students come to know Christ, obviously the spirit, just as you said, Morgan, is to bring them to life, has to cause that seed to take root. But you're choosing to, to give of many of your hours every week uh, to throw seeds, to just throw seeds in this mm-hmm. young soil, middle school and high school students. And uh, when those students come to get it, like you did, uh, Caleb, when you were a, a student here, uh, when they come to get it, they could very possibly have seven decades worth of farming and fishing for mm-hmm. men themselves is that that's an incredible multitude of harvest that, and I know when I served in student ministry, you don't necessarily get to see a lot of that fruit, but later on now, you know, I'll get an occasional note a decade later uh, from somebody that's walking with the Lord, uh, you know, or they're mm-hmm. young and married and they're applying those principles. Um, and it can be a thankless ministry. It can be a harder ministry. And a lot of the students you all connected with, their parents aren't connected Mm -hmm. to the Lord. The parents aren't engaged in small groups. The the parents may be far from the Lord. So in some of your homes, I know many of your students uh, and our students here at Grace, some of those, those kids are almost the spiritual leaders of their home. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate uh, your faithfulness to cast seeds. And we just encourage you, don't get discouraged. uh, You know, if it doesn't seem like there's a harvest growing right away, but I do know the Lord is showing some, some fruit in this ministry in the life of our believing students and other students that are coming to know Christ. And so thank you all so much for giving of your time and ministry in this way and helping give us an insight into our uh, students here. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, the, the fruit that we get to see from the word, we have 
we are we are wrapping up uh, the book of John this week, um, which is uh, <laughs> you know it's I would say it's kind of bittersweet. I don't, I'm like excited to be done with it to to start something new, but I'm just so thankful for where we have been and the fruit we'll continue to see from that for for years to come. Um, but Brent, could you give us maybe just a little bit of insight, a little bit of help as we prepare for Sunday and, and yeah. get ready? Well, we'll finish off. We're we're picking up, of course, that that dinner scene around the campfire mm. uh, with with Peter and his uh, being restored by Jesus. Uh, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And uh, Jesus is going to tell him in verse 18 and 19 that you will follow me. He's going to give him the command to follow him, but he's going to follow him ultimately to his death. And kind of the big hit home point today, which will transition into our new series in First Peter, will begin next week, uh, is this realization we have to make. If this is true, if what we've read in the Gospel of John is true, then it's worth my life and it's worth suffering, relational suffering and even physical suffering. And for Peter, that was the reality. For, for us, at the very least, relational cost. Lord, will I pay the cost because I believe it's true? Or if I've concluded that this message is not true, if the gospel message is not true, then this message isn't something that I can just say is a nice message. This is perhaps the, this is the most deceitful disastrous news ever because John is giving an account of something that he knew was false. Hmm. Jesus didn't raise from the dead. Peter and and John and the disciples knew 100% either Jesus rose from the dead because they saw him and interacted with him and he uh, taught them for 40 days uh, or he didn't raise from the dead and they knew that and they created a lie. They strangely went to death, each of them suffering in death for this lie, but they persuaded men and women and boys mm-hmm. and girls and wrote this orderly account so that 2,000 years later, people all over the world are believing a lie and going to death and suffering and having relational cost for it. So that question, this whole series of So Loved, do I believe this message is true? And if it is true, am I willing to suffer well? abiding in the love and truth of Jesus Christ. Because this message, if we believe it, 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 it mandates that we proclaim it. We can't simply contain it within ourselves. And so that's, that's where we're finishing off in this transition sermon, uh, finishing off the Gospel of John and stepping into First Peter of what's it mean to live faithfully in this little while season hmm. uh, of suffering and heartache and joys and everything else that comes in this life as, uh, as exiles. Uh, so very excited for this Sunday as we finish off the Gospel of John. It's been a sweet 41 weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're really, uh, really thankful um, for how the Lord has ministered to us through His Word. Um, church, it's a joy to be able to sit under the authority of Scripture and to be instructed, to be fed. Um, and this is this is a gospel worth dying for. It's a gospel worth laying our lives down for. And so, uh, church, we're praying for you. We love you. We're grateful for Um, for your faithfulness, and uh, it'll be a joy to gather again this Sunday. Uh, Morgan and Caleb, thank you again for being here with us, for sharing with us. Uh, You guys are a blessing uh, to our church, and uh, we're grateful for you. No problem. It's been a pleasure. You guys are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't pay her to say that. (laughs) Yes, you did.